welcome along to the latest episode of the Oval Office, Pundit Arena's weekly rugby podcast. My name is Sean McMahon, and with me to discuss what is probably the most anticipated test match since the 2015 Rugby World Cup final is Pundit Arena's Nick Heath, who has been underground in New Zealand over the last couple of weeks. Nick, thanks for joining us. No problem at all. How are you, Sean? Not too bad, no. So, Nick, just before we get into the nitty-gritty of all the uh, action that's going to take place on Saturday, you spent the last number of days in Queenstown. What's that been like? Uh, it's been a real, real chore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's been good. Um, Queenstown or Funtown, as it's called down in these parts, um, you know, it's uh, there's there's the mountain ranges. They're called the mountain range down there is called the Remarkables, uh, and it certainly is. Uh, Queenstown is based at the sort of southern tip of Lake Wakatipu. It is a stunning venue uh, where the sort of the lake rises up to the snow-capped mountains. Um, anyone on social media will no doubt have seen all the pictures that have been being sent through either by journalists saw by the players themselves um and they have the shot over jet which uh does donuts down the uh the the shot over river uh which is quite something bit of uh breakneck speed and adrenaline action down there there's uh the four by fours that go up the river the, the river itself um you can take helicopter rides up to the snow caps uh there's skiing um in the town itself there are a million bars and pubs and uh, and the odd club or two uh you can go to Fergburger where they serve burgers as big as your head um which was queuing down the street it is uh, it is a place to go and have fun and to relax um, and uh, and yeah, following the model that the Lions had in 2013, and that Warren Gatland has talked about, incidentally, as something that they've done with Wales a few times as well, um, which they did during the World Cup, is is just an opportunity to take their heads out of the bubble a little bit, um, to get away. Um, they were at the Hilton, which was actually just across the water and round the corner, a, a couple of miles away from the centre of town. Um, and uh, by being over there, they were out of the spotlight. Um, you know, a couple of players would certainly get into town. I saw saw a few players wandering around on the Sunday night. That apparently was the the night they were really let off the leash, so uh, a few of the players were out on the beers, but but doing so quietly. Um, nothing as disastrous as the England team from 2011 <laughs> yeah, to report. Yeah, I was going to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, and actually, it, it sort of transpired. You know, they, they they did a bit of media on the Sunday, um, and the way a lot of these media things work, they will they will put a couple of people up, but they will embargo content for a day or two. So it meant it meant the journalists filled their boots. They started writing their pieces that would then you know appear in the papers on Mondays and Tuesdays. But they had a media free day on Monday. So so uh, not only did the players get some respite, but the journalists did as well um, and actually were incredibly grateful. So uh, so I was almost surprised that by the time we saw Warren Gatland at the presser today, there weren't a few people you know, going up and thanking him for, for having gone with this Queenstown plan because it was a great couple of days break for everyone, chance to recharge the batteries and, uh, and get going uh, to, uh, to hype up a game that, well, frankly, doesn't need much hype. Exactly. So obviously the players are definitely going to be refreshed now coming into what is going to be like one of the biggest test matches we've seen in many years. But I guess we'll just get back into the rugby now, uh, Nick, and just looking at um, the Lions squad announcement now for our listeners. If if you're a bit late to the party, we're just going to run through it just for confirmation. So in the front row, we have Mako Vinopola, Jamie George, Tyg Furlong. Uh, in the second row, we have Maro Toji and Alwyn Jones. The back row is made up of Sam Warburton, Captain, Sean O'Brien and Tulupi Falatau. At the halfbacks, we have Conor Murray and Johnny Sexton. In midfield, we have Owen Farrell and Jonathan Davies. And on the wings, we have Elliot Daly, Anthony Watson and Liam Williams at full, uh, at full back. The bench is as you were as well from last Saturday. So Nick, Gatland has gone with the same 23 from last weekend. Ultimately, do you think that's the right decision? Obviously, you know, if you beat the All Blacks, you're going to stick with the majority of the same players. But there's probably one or two calls there that were that were perhaps a little bit contentious. What do you think? 
Well, I think there were contentious calls going into the second test. I think a number of people weren't sure whether Alan Wynne Jones uh, should have been given, you know, another chance, given he had a fairly poor showing in the first test. Um, incidentally, there's uh, there'll be content on the Facebook page if it's not up by the time you're listening to this, um, which shows Alan Wynne Jones hitting back a little because uh, he was up in front of the cameras today, um, just saying, you know, there it's amazing how many selectors there are in the world. Was uh, I think the line he used, uh, but I think you know he proved to acquit himself pretty well alongside Marowitoji last week and there's there's that great footage on the on the Lions uh, Twitter feed of him even singing the uh, the O Marowitoji to Seven Nation Army as he leaves the field himself <laughs> um so impressed was he with his with the young charge next to him um so yeah i i think when you've got 23 players that have just beaten the All Blacks uh then i think to back them and say well you know you guys have just got an experience that not many people get uh, against the greatest side in the world. So we trust you to go and do the job again. And, you know, Graham Roundtree spoke during the week about the fact that they still don't believe that they've fully got the game plan on the park. Um, that's what excites them the most. Now, you know, why, what are the reasons for that? Well, because obviously they're playing a great side, but, but you know, are they struggling in some way to get that game on the park? Is that a reason for concern? Certainly they see it as something to be talking very positive about in that, in that they think if they can get this game on the park as, as well as bring the physicality uh, and the intensity that we've seen so far, that, that they stand a good chance. I mean, it's, it's just the sixth time in Lions history that they've named an unchanged at 15. We're going back to 1891, 1899, 1903, and then we're at 74, 1989, and 1993. Um, 12 Lions have started all three tests. That's that's a, a, a stat that uh, is the most since 2001 uh, in terms of squads, and it's just been 26 players across the three test squads, and that's the lowest in the professional era. It was uh, it was 32 players across the three tests in 2013, four years ago. So that gives you an idea of, of you know, how lucky they've been in one sense. Uh, you can't, you know, take it away from the medics and the strength and conditioners that, that they've done well to manage these players. And, and that goes back to the Queenstown thing a little bit as well. We heard uh, Paul Stridgen during the week, uh, at the beginning of the week, um, the, uh, the strength and conditioning coach, and he was saying that, you know, they... They've given these players time off to repair the bumps and bruises and uh, and their experience before is that if you get them straight on the training park with a bee in their bonnet about something that didn't go right at the weekend in victory or defeat, they can be too keen to play that game and put things right early in the week. So by giving themselves a couple of days, by by, by not getting out in the park and, and running things, they've been able to, to do a, a lighter training session on Wednesday. They had a really good session today. Warren Gatland even referred to the fact that uh, it got a little bit tasty, um, not so much physically, but there was a fair amount of verbal out there and uh, and I think there was similar reports on the All Blacks so uh, you know these are these are professional athletes on the very very edge here um, and uh, and I think it, for me I think it's the right decision to go with the 23 uh, I think uh, I think they deserve another shot um, and you know it's for some of these players it's their third time back at Eden Park um, in a matter of weeks and given it's you know such a mysterious fortress for the All Blacks now that they've they've just beaten them in Wellington to take that into to Eden Park and it'd be the third time they've played there will hopefully take a bit of the mystique out of it and uh, I, I'm fairly sure that that a few of the All Blacks fans are, are not as comfortable as perhaps they were two weeks ago. And Nick just to touch on one thing you just said there like you know the players you were mentioned are perhaps a little bit on edge you know there's a lot of verbals going on in training in both camps now one of the biggest challenges facing the Lions is essentially trying to bring that level of physicality against the All Blacks but also staying on the right side of the referee and not conceding penalties we saw in in both tests really so far that you know the Lions had a penalty count that was in the double digits um, and there's only you know you can only do that for a certain amount of time until that's going to go against you in terms of the result 
But looking just at Mako Vinopola's uh, inclusion in the starting 15, like he just seemed to just have one of those games on Saturday where, I don't know, did he see the red mist time and time again? You know, conce- conceding these stupid penalties, you know, he was going in late on players and obviously that led to his yellow card. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, he 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 came up in the press conference today to to Warren Gatland, and uh, and Gat sort of ran through the penalties. Um, seemed to be in the one hand suggesting that you know some of them might have been a bit harsh, on the other suggesting that some of them were were given away a bit a bit foolishly. But I think for him, you know, he 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 mentioned only a few days before the second test how he he sees Makovunapola as you know one of the best, if not the best, loose head in world rugby. Um, so he, he sees him as right up there. And as much as many thought Jack McGraw might have been in in with a shout because of Mako's relatively poor discipline in that second test, I think Gatland is still very keen to stick with his man. And, uh, and I think, you know, I, I, a few of the players have talked about the fact that they were so keen with their line speed and whatever they could bring with that physicality they needed to bring that they were a bit overeager um, and actually they could probably afford to just temper that slightly and that's going to be the real challenge this week how do you get that absolutely right it wasn't enough in the first test it was almost too much and too too overeager in the second test if they can find that sweet spot and get those penalties in single digits make sure that they're on side uh, then then that's key to, to getting some way towards being able to win this third test if they don't get that right they won't stand a chance but uh, but yeah that that's clearly you know Gatlin's thinking he's happy to go with Vunapola again he maybe doesn't think that he was fully at fault for all those penalties um, so uh, so yeah the front row remains unchanged yeah and just one player who has plenty of bite and I think who brings a lot in that regard in terms of physicality and just bring that level of aggression and competitiveness is uh, Jonathan Sexton and he was speaking um, at the press conference today so let's have a listen to that uh, we've built up some pretty you know, good relationships over the last six weeks. We've made some great friends and um, how this tour will be remembered will be based on, on Saturday, really. So we're really keen to, to have those memories um, you know, set in stone and being able to look back on them with fond memories because you know, come Saturday, if we win and the celebrations that follow, you'll remember them forever. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Some very interesting stuff there from Jonathan Sexton. As we heard, he spoke about his relationship with Owen Farrell and how a victory this weekend is essentially how this Lions team is going to be remembered. Nick, what did you make of the words that, that he went through there? Well, he was uh, he was very keen to point out, you know, how the relationships and and the uh, I don't know the bonds that they're they're forming in this particular Lions squad are all well and good but the memories that they will have you know are, are only going to be great memories if they can go and make this a serious win um, it'll it'll become fairly meaningless to them and, and the memories will fade fairly quickly if it's if it's you know a lost series and and that tells you how much about their thinking about this and and I, so I did find that quite interesting and uh, you know referring to, to his his discussion with Aaron Farrell there were it sort of came up a few times over the course of the press conference as to how they're getting on because because Andy Farrell even spoke last week about saying you know the, the two boys are pretty similar and and it does seem I, I, I've heard at, at times that that Johnny's very much the man who who gets in and asks you know what do you need from me here and what can I do here and and Warren Gatland very much sees it as having two pairs of eyes on the field now and you know although the All Blacks don't necessarily do it at 10 and 12 over the years they've very much done it at 10 and 15 whether that's bringing Israel Dag forward to be the first receiver while while Bowden Barrett might be the other side or the likes of Ben Smith who could who can do that role as well uh, who of course is, is out at the minute although we hear is is due back soon um so so yeah the 
the uh, the words from Sexton were great to hear. Um, he's just very keen, as the rest of them are, to, to make sure that they can put their game on the park as as they would like to. Yeah, like it's. I think just in terms of having those kind of two players on the pitch, like you know, in Jonathan Sexton and Owen Farrell, just two absolute competitors. They're a bit narky, you know. They like to be very vocal on the pitch, and I think that's going to be essential um, to beat this All Black squad. And speaking of that squad. Um, Steve Hansen has made some pretty big calls uh, for the final test, and we'll just go through it now. So he's named the same uh, pack of forwards. So that's Joe Moody, Cody Taylor, and Owen Franks in the front row. Brody Retallick and Sam Whitelock in the second row. And then the back row is made up of Jerome Kano, Sam Kane, and Kieran Reid, who's actually going to win his 100th cap this weekend. And to make up the back line, we have Aaron Smith, who's come half, and Bowden Barrett at out half. And the wings are Julian Savea, who's coming into the side, and Israel Dagg, who's moved from his fullback position. And in the centres, we have Ngani Lamape and Anton Linear Brown. And then probably the most exciting uh, call that Steve Hansen has made is the youngest Barrett brother, Jordy, who's starting at fullback. Now, Nick, looking at the squad, there's. I say you could, it's, it's safe to say that there is a bit of an inexperience in this back line, especially when you see that um, Jordy Barrett and Lamape are both making their first test starts for the All Blacks in probably the biggest game that the All Blacks have played since they beat Australia um, in Twickenham back in 2015. Is this an area of the pitch where the Lions are going to be thinking, you know, we can actually have a go at them here? You know, if we run down the midfield channel, we might actually have an opportunity to uh, maybe gain some parity and gain an advantage. Well, of course, the line out of the Lions today was there's a lot of talent there. Um, I, it was something I even asked Johnny, Johnny Sexton about. And, you know, he, he mentioned that Lamarpe and Leonard Brown are, are, you know, are two guys with a hell of a lot of talent and they're going to have to work hard to contain them. But, of course, they're going to say that. They're not going to be uh, overly brash at this stage because these sorts of comments uh, will always come back to bite you. But certainly, yep. um, if you're the Lions and you can see 13 caps 12 to Leonard Brown and, and and a first start for Lamape in that centre. Um, well, you're gonna you're gonna try and have a go, and, and I can I can see uh, you know Owen Farrell and jo- uh, Jonathan Davis doing their best to try and exploit that. Um, Geordie Barrett, you know the 20 year old Hurricanes man, is in at number 15 as as was rumoured over the course of the week. Um, he is a very confident young man, uh, and uh, there was a bit of debate at the uh, All Blacks presser today as to which of of, of him or Bowden are going to be the the kickers. Geordie um, has a little bit more range than uh, than his older brother but uh, they uh, they joked about the fact that it hadn't been decided and was going to be settled at a kicking competition later on uh, <laughs> earlier today um, of course the all blacks know it, it largely probably will be Bowden Barrett who does the 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 majority of the kicking duties I guess unless there's a, a slightly longer hit that uh, that Geordie fancies I'm sure the bombs will come you know Connor Murray's box kicking game needs to be accurate um, there were a few kicks that didn't quite go there was one out on the full from uh, from Murray in the second test there was uh, one that sort of bobbled over the edge uh, from uh, from Sexton was it and uh, and Elliot Daly as well who, who over kicked one and you know Neil Jenkins this week has talked about sometimes that's just the fate of the oval ball they were pleased with the space that they found they just weren't pleased with where the ball ended up um, um, but yeah, the, the pressure is certainly going to come on those guys. There's no doubt about it. And and maybe a little bit on Julian Severa as well. We know how much of a threat he can be. This is a huge test or a huge opportunity for him to remind everybody how, how good he is, uh, given that he was sidelined um, over the first couple of games. So uh, so yeah, there there is a bit of an experience there. But the other thing you've got to remember is that, you know, there are four guys from the Hurricanes who are in that back line. Um, so there's a bit of familiarity there. Um, and these guys are in the black squad because they merit inclusion in that squad and although they're now being called upon you know 
a couple of them to make their first starts in the Lions test decider. Um, Steve Hansen certainly wasn't going to be moved today to suggest that, that they had any concerns about it. But certainly the Lions will be licking their lips because that is an area of the field where they've got a chance. And, and as you mentioned, Kieran Reid, 100, 100 caps, um, you know, you don't get 100 caps without being an incredible player. Um, and it's just worth a mention because uh, it, it's quite a shift. He obviously came back from injury. He's been straight back to the very best of form. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a pleasure to watch both of these sides at the weekend, whether you're a Lions fan or an All Blacks fan. The greatest thing about this test decider is it's exactly that. We aren't we aren't here in Auckland um, with 2-0 down. If the Lions won the third test, well, how, well, how much would we know uh, as to whether the, the All Blacks have rolled over? Um, we're not having to worry about any of that it's 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 a true decider um and uh, yeah i can't what can't wait to watch the two teams get into each other yeah i think that we're all really looking forward to it and and just an overall contest in context nick just seeing where the lions can you know what areas of the pitch that they can you know get you know gain an advantage against the all blacks obviously we discussed that little bit of an experience there in the back line but I, I assume the weather conditions uh, that are predicted for Auckland on Saturday night is for rain, um, if the latest forecasts are to be believed. So we could expect maybe something similar to what we saw in Wellington, just in terms of you know, a few ball handling errors. There's going to be a lot of scrums. It's going to be a game where there'll be a lot of kicking from both sides You know, in terms of gaining territory and uh, field position. So Yeah, certainly. Yeah, well, um, so just the, the, yeah. the Sorry, go on. Yeah, just in your opinion, really, just like what areas of the pitch do you think the Lions really need to focus on? Like as if, you know, the scrum, the line out, the set piece obviously are going to be huge. Yeah, I mean, the line-out has worked pretty well for them. I'm not sure they've had quite as much advantage at scrum time as they would have liked to. Um, Roman Poit is the referee. Um, he's a man that, you know, likes to uh, to see the ball in the scrum and then see it used. And if it's not being used, well, then, you know, the straight arm will go up. Um, he's a man that likes to, to see the breakdown contested well. I mean, that's that's where this slightly sort of Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere advantage might come in terms of the referee interpretation. Um, and, uh, and, you know, mark my words, if, if the all Blacks lose, then Roman Poit needs to get out of here as quickly as possible because a lot of the blame will no doubt come on him on Saturday, um, should that uh, be the case. But um, but yeah, I, I think it's there, there's a lot to be said for the set piece. Um, they are going to come back hard. You know, there, there was the backlash after the Ireland game uh, in Chicago where, uh, you know, the All Blacks came, came back and, and really handed it to them. And and the Lions are expecting that. Um, whether they're going to be ready for it, you know, who knows? It, it was even smirked upon by Johnny Sexton earlier that, um, you know, li- li- uh, sorry, All Blacks players who are just playing their, their first couple of games are often capable of having absolute stormers. Um, so they're wary uh, of that threat. Um, I, I think it's going to have to be down to discipline for the Lions um, and getting into the All Blacks and slowing ball down. Um, you know, Sam Warburton has shown himself to be incredibly adept at slowing All Blacks ball down and managing to do so legally. And it's it's become hugely frustrating for the All Blacks. And even a couple of articles have appeared over the course of the last couple of days out here suggesting, you know, what will the All Blacks look to do if they can't get quick ball. Um, the weather, as they say down here, the weather forecast is only as good as you can see out the window because it can be four seasons in one day. Uh, they've got a sunshine and a couple of raindrops currently for Saturday evening. Um, they think it probably is going to be wet. Um, they also think that these things can either either come in and blow out early or delay and then could come in late. So nobody knows. We will only know at kickoff time. I guess the good thing for the Lions is that they've played in the wet and the rain out here and the howling wind of Wellington. 
Um, they even were suggesting today, you know, we've got a game plan to suit whatever happens. So if it does get wet and soggy, then uh, I imagine they will move to that up front game or they will put plenty of aerial ball up to put the pressure on that back three. Um, or, you know, they've shown they're not afraid to play. And, and there was a little little bit of steeliness, a sort of simmering Warren Gatland at the press conference today. He talked about how beneficial the days off in Wellington had been. He talked about how well they were training and how they're hitting their straps at the right time. But he had a real look of, 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 a, of a man who was absolutely furious in the press conference. It, it, was, it was quite an odd display. But talking to a few people, you kind of remember that we've seen this from Gatland before. Um, off a win, ahead of a sec, uh, you know, ahead of another game, he suddenly suddenly turns all steely-eyed and, and doesn't give you too much. It's short shrift and short answers, um, and uh, it was raising a few eyebrows. But you know, a few of the Welsh journalists particularly were like, "Yeah, yeah, we're used to seeing this. <laughs> this is uh, this this is what Gats does." ahead of a big game that he knows he's under pressure for. Um, but, you know, he was talking about the fact that I think someone asked him about the legacy uh, and he said he just wants to be seen, wants the Lions to have been seen as good tourists and also tourists that came to play. And he really is wrestling with the monkey on his back of Warren Ball. He didn't mention that word, but, you know, he, he once again referred to, you know, the idea of, well, we, we've not just played direct. We've, we've tried to play a bit of rugby. And, and I think he's very keen to ensure that, that that appears on his CV while he's down here because, you know, the rumours will continue to circle as to whether he's going to be the next man for the All Blacks job. Of course. And the man who who he would potentially be taking over is Steve Hansen. And again, he was speaking today at um, at the All Blacks' press conference and some very interesting uh, little bits that he mentioned uh, just in terms of the relationship between Bowden Barrett and Geordie Barrett and also um, any potential pressure that he might be under. So let's have a listen to that. Pretty good. I mean, it's not the first time we've lost. I've read a lot of stories this week which uh, you'd think that the All Blacks have never lost a game and that the world, the sky's falling in and... Every week there's pressure, you know, like I've said this before, we're expected to win every test match and when we win, we're expected to win well. And you, you've got to embrace that, you've got to walk towards it and and at the end of the game, your life tells you that we're really only playing a rugby game. Like real pressure is when you've got to spend half an hour trying to get someone to, you know, giving them CPR and trying to save their life and then when that doesn't work, telling their their children or their father or their mother that, uh, sorry, we haven't been able to save them. That's, that's real pressure. Like What we're doing is playing a game of rugby. And when you look at it, um, what, what, what are the outcomes? We could win it, we could lose it, we could draw it, but we'll be a better team for it. You know, we're a young side who are uh, in the infancy of where we're going. So um, is there any more pressure this week than last week? No, because we've got to win to win the series. So just enjoy it and, and look forward to it. And that's what we're doing. You know, we, we haven't really changed our week too much, uh, if at all. Um, is there a little bit more ants? Probably is, because we lost and we don't like that. But uh, the formula hasn't changed too much. No, look, you just come to expect that. Um, the job comes with a lot of advisors. And, uh, and look, you enjoy it for what it is. If you didn't have those people that were passionate uh, and keen to tell you how they thought about it, then you wouldn't probably have the All Blacks. And I've always thought this, that um, our fans have a, a, a massive part to play in who we are because they, they have a massive expectation. Uh, do they get a little bit more nervy when we lose? Of course they do because that's only natural. 
and that's what we're probably experiencing a moment at the moment. You know, people think, well, this this has not happened before. You know, it has, but it's a long time ago since we lost to a game in New Zealand. So there's a lot of nervous other people out there. But for the team itself, we we know what we have to do. We we got to prepare really really well. We've got to make sure that we don't get too hyped up or under-hyped. we just got to get out there and do our job and do it to the best of our ability. And then in doing that, hopefully we're good enough to win the game. If we're not, then we'll learn something, and that'll be good. Some very interesting comments from Steve Hansen there, and as we heard, he spoke about perhaps the different levels of pressure that both sides are feeling. You know, the Lions are coming in, they can leave it all out, this is their last game, whereas the All Blacks are at the beginning of their season they're going to start their rugby championship uh, in August, actually. So different kind of scenarios that both squads are facing into. Uh, Nick, what did you make of those comments from Hanson? Well, he's the absolute master of the press conference. He was uh, he was down at midday today. Uh, Geordie and uh, Bowden Barrett were then due in at 12.15. Hanson was still sat at the top table taking questions at uh, 40 minutes later, basically. Uh, he uh, he was great today um, and there was plenty to take in. Uh, but yeah, it's fascinating about the pressure. And, you know, he's doing a brilliant job of suggesting it's just a rugby game. It's just, you know, 15 against 15 and, and, and it's just a bit of sport, um, which is fair enough. And on the one sense it is and and you know if it was just that then all of us wouldn't be talking about it and there wouldn't be all the sponsors of the money involved in the game yeah. so uh, good good luck on putting the wool over our eyes on, on that steve mm-hmm. um with regards the rest of it yeah he, he's he's right in the in in the part that it's the start of the season for the all blacks but you know it it will be a defining moment for the lions if they can do this for, for this group of players of course and and they do have that element of leaving it all out there because then they're going to go on holiday but but you know don't don't be fooled by the idea that Steve Hansen just accepts a loss and then they'll move on you know they'll they'll, they'll learn from a, a loss or a win the All Blacks don't lose very often. They're coming off the back of a loss. In all likelihood, they will put together a great performance on Saturday and be very, very difficult to beat. But should they lose, uh, there'll be an awful lot of interest from from you know the New Zealand media and, and everybody else um, as to as to how on earth it's happened and, and that sort of thing. A few people are talking this game up as as similar to a World Cup final and, and all that sort of hype. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he's a master of it, I think. There is pressure on him, whether he likes it or not. There is there is pressure on his players uh, to perform in the All Blacks jersey. Um, it's a transition period for the All Blacks. Don't forget, and I think I think that's part of what he's uh, alluding to there. I think he he's making allowances for the fact that obviously you've got a couple of players on one cap apiece in that starting lineup um, since 2015. There's been a, a you know a slow evolution, and the likes of you know. Kieran Reid are not going to be around forever so I think he's, he's alluding to that slightly uh, and preparing the public for the fact that there may be rocky rocky days ahead uh, but you know make no bones about it he absolutely wants to win this game and he's under just as much pressure from a nation whose number one sport is rugby as Warren Gatland is in terms of wanting to uh, to nail this series win. Indeed so just looking ahead of Saturday and I guess just in general, just trying to discuss or just trying to predict what's actually going to happen. I guess the ultimate question is, can the Lions really do this? Obviously, they have a chance, but, you know, I'm just thinking back to the two test matches that Ireland played against the All Blacks in November. You know, we saw Ireland put in that incredible performance at Chicago, you know, beating the All Blacks, scoring four to five tries. And then the return fixture was just 
you know, if there was ever a, a way to describe an angry All Blacks team or a performance that sums that up, it was that performance in the Aviva Stadium, you know, just in terms of how physical they were. You know, there's a lot of moments, obviously, there's a lot of controversial moments in that game where maybe certain players should have received higher sanctions or more punishment for uh, certain tackles and things like that. Sure. But that's something I, I, I'm sure that we're going to expect on Saturday. And it's just an ultimate question of how the Lions are going to deal with that in terms of their uh, their mental ability, their own discipline, will they react, all these different kind of things that we can expect. And in addition to that, the All Blacks haven't lost back-to-back test games since 2011. I think the last time that was was in August in the Tri-Nations back in that year where they lost to the Springboks in Port Elizabeth and then lost to Australia in... Um, in, Sun, in the, in the Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. So this, this isn't something that the All Blacks are used to and you can be damn sure that they're, they're going to do their best not to make it happen. What do you think? No, absolutely. And uh, I can't remember the stat. There have been so many today, but uh, it's, been a, it's been a pretty long time since they've lost any form of series either in terms of on, on home soil, in terms of other teams coming to play them uh, three times. I mean, the, the way I look at it at the moment is, you know, how good a chance do the Lions need? How, how big an opportunity do they need? They're able to name an unchanged 23. Um, the All Blacks are renowned for their strength and depth, but, you know, they, they're they without their, their first choice hooker, Dane Coles, from, you know, before the tour started. Um, Crotty's out. Sonny Bill Williams is out with the band. Ben Smith is out. Um, Waikin N- Naholo is out. You know, these, these are five first-string players. Um... And once you start to sort of, you know, I don't know, put put the pieces on on either side of the of the balance, does that start to tip it in the Lions' favour? You then just utter the words "all blacks and world champions," and you go, "Well, well, is it capable of anything tipping it in the Lions' favour?" Um, it's Eden Park. Um, the All Blacks don't, as you said, lose back-to-back games that often. Um, but is there just that little bit of an experience in this side that might not be able to back it up as physically and as aggressively as they did these years ago? Are they going to be able to do it legally? Are they going to be able to to, to keep on side with the referee uh, on you know on for, for both teams? Um, the truth is nobody knows, um, and as much as we can sit here and predict it, um, we don't. I, it's easily possible that you know the Lions go down by by you know 28 points to 10, and the All Blacks have bounced back, and we say thank you very much, thank goodness it went to a third test. Let's pack our bags and go home. What a lovely time we all had. Um, it's equally possible, and I do genuinely believe the Lions have got a real chance. Um, that there's a look in their eyes of you know if we can get this game plan on the park, as I've, I've said a few times over the course of our chat. But I do believe I, I can see in the likes of Graham Roundtree, in Johnny Sexton, in in some of these players, Alan Jones, another one that we saw today. They've got a real inner belief that they've got a game they can put on that park that can beat the All Blacks again. They're beginning to look like they see the All Blacks as as just another team rather than this this mystique of men in black that are capable of playing you know rugby that far outskills them um and as a romantic that loves an underdog and, and would you know has has british and irish blood in me um it would be an absolute delight to see to see the lions be able to put it on the park and come away with the win um i think it's going to be incredibly difficult uh, i think uh, i think the all blacks will be right up for this and 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 back on song, I think almost that what 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 we saw from the Lions from Test One to Test Two was them needing to do it. I think the backlash on the All Blacks might just be too strong for the Lions. But blimey, I can't wait for kickoff and what happens over those eighty minutes. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. And just one more thing, Nick, which I think is uh, just an important point to raise. This isn't going to be a typical home game for the All Blacks. You know, this isn't playing Australia 
in Eden Park where they're going to win by 40 points in front of a majority All Blacks crowd which are ex- who are going to expect a victory. You know, there's a bit of tension in the air. You know, we've kind of seen that PC wrote during the week as well. You know, the All Blacks fans, they aren't the most vocal, you know, in Eden no, Park. Um, you know, and then, you know, you're going to have, I don't know what the numbers are, maybe 20,000, 30,000 odd Lions fans in Eden Park on Saturday. You know, they, yeah. like that has to be something that, that should be taken into account, especially when you consider, okay, we can talk about how talented... Um, the All Black squad is and the strength and depth they have obviously having guys like Jordy Barrett you know one of the most exciting players in world rugby coming into the team but he's making his first test start in perhaps the most hostile strangest atmosphere the All Blacks could could potentially play in you know where they're going to be potentially outnumbered by the uh, by the opposition crowd in their fortress essentially do you think that's something that yeah. should be taken into account? Well I would imagine so you know fans generally turn up to Eden Park expecting to watch their team get beaten by the All Blacks you know if if you're a foreign fan if the Aussies come over if the South Africans come over during the rugby championship you know you turn up you have a beer you 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 meet up with with your mates who live in Auckland and and you go to Eden Park and and watch the All Blacks put a brilliant perfect game on the field and you go home going oh well we we competed as best as we could um there's something about this game where you know because of because of the the win last week, the Lions fans are turning up, going, "We've got a chance, and we're going to make as much noise and as much atmosphere and get into you as much as possible to make you realise that we do believe we've got a chance. We're not just turning up here to watch you beat us." Um, and although that might end up being being the way come the end of it, um, that is going to to play a big factor. And you know, as you referred to the the, the little piece I wrote, you know, the the uh, the atmosphere from the All Blacks does from the All Blacks fans doesn't tend to get going too loudly. They don't have songs, they don't have chants, they'll pipe the music in to, to keep the party and the atmosphere Move going. like Jagger. The Lions... Yeah, oh God, don't. Um, I'll start twitching. Um, but, you know, but the Lions fans will get going and they will get that, you know, tediously brilliant Lions uh, cheer going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and, original. But it... But it, yeah, but it will be powerful, and, and as you say, you know, twenty twenty to thirty thousand. Eden Park holds fifty thousand, so it, it it's going to be half a sea of red. And don't forget, this only comes round every twelve years to to each individual touring nation. Um, so a lot of these players won't have won't have experienced that. Yes, some of them have obviously over the course of the first couple of tests. But you know, a nervous Eden Park and a, and a and a win for the All Blacks, job done. Go to Wellington, lose. Okay, that's not so easy. And there were actually quite a few noisy Lions fans there go back to Eden Park now with that little bit of doubt in your mind and see that sea of red again how capable are the All Blacks going to be of of using the mental fortitude to get over it um I'm hoping they completely fall apart obviously um as the independent journalist that I am but mm-hmm. um, but no I, you know that, that that's everything that I think the Lions have to hang their hats on and that the Lions fans will be hanging their hats on um and uh you know may, may the best team win very good, Nick. Um, so we're coming to the end of the show and obviously it's that time that we all uh, love to have a gun put to our heads. So I'm going to ask you for a prediction. Uh, well, for my love of the underdog and for for just putting it out there uh, while everyone else will go, well, of course the All Blacks are going to win. Let, let's let's pick the Lions. Let me be the idiot that, that picks okay. the Lions because because uh, <laughs> because that's what predictions are all about and someone has to. Um, so uh, I'm going to go 23-20, uh, mm. which is very similar to last week's score. But I think uh, I think we'll see tries from both sides this time, um, and uh, and I'll and I'll go with the, with the Lions to nick it. 
Um, your enthusiasm has definitely rubbed off me now, Nick, because I think I'll go for a Lions <laughs> victory as well. Oh so I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go if for something. Listening to this, they're going. These two are on something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go 28-26 to the Lions. It's going to be an incredibly tight game, but I think the Lions might just edge it out. So there we go. There we so go. There madness, we go. Madness. I know. I know. It's, it's, just, it. it's just the week that's in it, you know. So um, yeah. okay. So unfortunately. That's all we have time for in this week's episode. So please tune in next week when we will be, we will review what will hopefully be a series winner for the Lions. From myself and our producer Rob Lynch in Pundit Arena HQ and of course Nick Heath who's on the ground in Auckland. Thank you very much for listening and we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.